I met Matthew about a month or so ago at a birthday party. He instantly captivated my attention with his positive energy and personality. He was so kind and asked so many thoughtful and deep questions, I knew I just had to get to know more about him. He has had some neat experiences that I only heard parts of while at this party, so I'm excited to hear these stories for the first time as well. Matthew is a wonderful new friend, and I think by the end of this, you too will want to be his friend as well. This is That Made Me Smile. Okay, and we're going. So, Matthew... Um, you know, we just met at a birthday party, like, what, three weeks ago, something like yeah, that? If, if that, right? It's yeah. been, it's been a short time, but also it feels like forever ago. Yeah. And you were just super positive and friendly. I mean, I think I was chilling, um, with some friends and you came up and we're like, Hey, what's up? Oh, we got missionaries. And then you were asking <laughs> all these questions. Definitely. And it was so cool because usually, first of all, most people, when you're in a group setting, aren't super outgoing to start with but then you were asking all sorts of like really good questions about service missionaries and missionary work and I could just tell that you like were putting time and thought into the questions which a lot of times you get a lot of surface answer or questions with when you meet new people so sure I you instantly kind of draw drew my attention I was like oh he seems like a nice guy I want to talk <laughs> to him uh so yeah just I guess I I We'll start with this. I really want to know what drives that friendly, positive personality of yours because not everyone has it. And, and you know, maybe it's just something you're born with. I'm probably, probably that's part of it. But you just have such a great, you know, energy about you. So what what kind of drives that? Sure. Thank you for asking. Uh, honestly, for me, the first thing I'd have to share is it's something that's taught and learned rather than just given. Uh, in my case, anyways, I... I grew up actually, I was a pretty shy person. Mm. Uh, my kindergarten year, I can remember just being deathly afraid to talk to anyone. <laughs> and through time and through experiences, um, for example, I, I moved a lot growing up. And I moved to f- three different high schools in four years. Mm. And that kind of forced me to be the outgoing guy. Mm. Uh, because, you know, I needed friends. Who doesn't need friends? But in my case... I knew I wasn't going to make them unless I was the first one to introduce myself or the first one to ask them how they were doing. And that kind of just was a snowball effect to now just become a second nature to make myself feel comfortable. I need to make someone else feel comfortable. Mm, I like that. Yeah. That's super uh, interesting. It reminds me because I, I, I relate with that. I, I used to be a pretty quiet individual. Um, and I don't see that at all. I don't I, know. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I just, I, I, I was really quiet. I didn't make a lot of, I didn't make friends easy. Sure. Um, it's interesting the moving around cause some people take that and you know, they, they, they make the decision. Oh, I'm not going to make good friends. I'm going to move soon anyways. Why make friends? And some people take that to be, Oh, I'm going to do the best I can. So that's really interesting. Was there anything that you did specifically to really help yourself, um, make friends or kick that into motion. Sure. I think the key to making friends, and this is something you can take to the bank, is ask them about themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, ask people what makes them happy. What are their passions? 
because you know maybe people feel uncomfortable talking to others but everyone knows themselves yeah. right yeah. and so i learned that people light up and their eyes get wide and people just get happier when they start talking about themselves and then not just asking but taking an interest mm-hmm. being sincere in your questions because if you why ask if you're not really interested mm-hmm. and and so for me I know I feel more loved and I feel more connected to the person when they take an interest in my life. And so be the friend you want to have, essentially, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. No, I love that. I think that's key. And I, I think so many people forget about that because it's easier to talk about yourself, right, to start off. Right. And then that's when it's like, oh, okay. Cool. A bit of a turnoff, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's interesting when people ask the questions how it it does kind of the reverse effect yeah Hmm. that's super interesting was there an experience um when you were kind of making friends or was there any experiences while you're making friends or where you're like oh yeah okay that was that went well or absolutely uh i think i can tell you so many funny experiences and countless experiences where it's helped me also in the dating game right (laughs) Um, but (laughs) (laughs) taking notes, taking notes, um, for me, I think it's, it's always remarkable to see how cut off people are when you ask them about something, you talk about it and then bring it back up at another time. Like you remembered. Mm -hmm. Uh, I remember the first thing comes to my mind is a dating experience. I was incredibly interested in this girl and we were talking for a while and I was asking her lots of get-to-know-you questions because I just wanted to know who she was, what made her tick, what made her think. Mm-hmm. And on our second date, I brought up those things. I said, tell me about your brother John. Like, how's he doing? <laughs> Is he still playing football? Or whatever it was, she just was shocked, and it made me feel closer to her mm. um, because when you're really listening, it shows the person you truly care. And so... That doesn't just apply to dating. It applies to any relationship that we have, interpersonal communication, right? Mm -hmm. I think that goes a long way. And unfortunately, it's kind of dying off in our generation now because social media is is a way to connect. And face-to-face, eye contact is is going away. Mm -hmm. So for me, that's why I'm passionate about it because I know it means the world to me. So why not for someone else? Yeah. No, that's that's so true. And especially along the lines of social media and how everything's kind of going more to technology. Absolutely. It's just, I think communicating, talking is such a valuable skill that's starting to like just lose. We're losing that in society, mm-hmm. which is sad. I think, I don't know. I, I think it's a great thing. Even, even it's funny, even the skill of writing a letter and mailing it, Versus saying a text, you would think, oh, well, it's just it's it's a electronic, right? You know, message, but it's not really it's not the same, right? Where's autocorrect when you need it, right? Right. <laughs> right. I know that's my problem. Yeah. And there's not, well, and there's not, there's not a whole lot. There's more thought behind one versus the other, mm-hmm. and it makes the difference. You know? And it's interesting to see how not only a text message but an emoji is replaced with real emotion, mm-hmm. and you know, you can't send a, a happy text without letting them know it's happy with a smiley face or <laughs> let them know you're laughing with a laughing face, you know. Right. And it's kind of interesting how our world has kind of shaped and evolved and 
I mean, relationships are strengthened from it, which is great. It keeps people connected. Um, but we can't lose touch of what, you know, is really there in front of us. And so that's, I think that's really why, I mean, that's actually currently my major in school. Really? Because I'm studying communications. So that's part of the reason why I'm so invested. Because I want to make a difference. And whether that's with businesses or maybe communication and relationships and therapy, I think those things go a long way and often gets lost in the busyness of life or just us being focused on ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. How are you liking uh, communications? I love it. Yeah. I love it a lot. The hard part about it is so it's so broad and vast that when people ask you the golden question, what are you going to do with it? <laughs> I have no idea what to say because it can take me in so many different avenues. For me, I think personally, I love advertising and digital marketing. I think it will take me into business consulting ultimately. Hmm. But who's to say? Next year could be a different story. And I have so many passions, it's hard to keep me sitting still. So I might switch it up. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you do a great job communicating. So I could tef- definitely see you pursuing a career in that. And I think there is a definite need in communication mm-hmm. because, like you said, there's a lack of it. There's a lack of being able to reach. I was actually listening to this one thing that said uh, there was, I can't remember who the who the guy was. It was. I think it was another podcast. But he was talking about younger, the younger generations, they'll make friends mm-hmm. and, you know, they'll have good friends via text or whatever it may be. But, and they may go party with them or have fun with them, but when things get tough or when things go poorly or they're having a hard time, they would readily admit that they wouldn't go to their friends. Mm-hmm. And talk, he talked about the value of having people you can go reach out to when times get hard, not just when things are good and fun and joyful. And so I do think there's a great need for helping people remember the value of communication. Oh, truly, it's a full circle. I think that interpersonal communication can go a long way. And, you know, in in moments of stress or or sadness or extreme emotion, those aren't the times to think, who should I call? It should be like instant, (laughs) right? right? You should know. Rather than just mom or dad or whoever you're close to, uh, it should be a close friend. It should be your advocate, whoever that is. And I think to gain that, to gain more allies, right, more friends, more true sustaining relationships, you first need to be that for someone else. Yeah. That's the key. Uh, Because I truly believe that, you know, no one's going to want to be your friend if you're not friendly, right? If you're not someone that they would want to associate with. And so... That applies to a lot of aspects. Employers, right, won't want to hire you if you're not very good with communication or good with talking. Um, It doesn't matter what job it is. That relates to everything. And so for me, I know that it's it takes work. Like I said, I wasn't born an outgoing guy to the point sometimes I'm a little too much, right? (laughs) You talked about that party. I I have a few thoughts from that party. Like, oh, I uh, put my foot in my mouth a couple times. But for me, I'll take those any day over missing someone that wasn't seen or not letting someone know, hey, 
I listened to them today, you know? Mm-hmm. For me, I, I just know that it, it means the world to them and it means a lot to me because this connection is a two-way streak. When I connect with someone, I'm also feeling loved. I'm also feeling understood. So that's just kind of my angle, if you want to call it. <laughs> Do you ever uh, have that experience? I, I know I have this sometimes. Do you ever have that experience where you'll look back on an evening of conversations or whatever the event was, sure. whatever it may be where you're talking to people, and you'll play back, like, in <laughs> reverse, whatever, like, ha- the conversation that had happened, and you go, like, as you're thinking about it, you're like, ooh. Hmm. <laughs> Especially with girls, <laughs> yeah. yes. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. I know, Elder, I know you sh- should be thinking about this for a, for a bit now, but every time, you know, there's moments where I, I kick myself, oh, I should have said this. Or why did I say that? <laughs> um, but it kind of makes my personality. Mm-hmm. You know, for me, I'd rather laugh than cry right. when stressed or or whatever. And so for me, I I tend to reflect on those and try to make it more like humorous mm-hmm. instead of dwelling on, oh, you know, fist bump <laughs> yeah. to the head, you yeah. know, like, come on, Matthew. Um, but yeah, I think an experience like that comes to mind when, <laughs> at the time I was I shocked the employer and I shocked myself by what I said that I was in the job interview and you know it's this kind of setting right knee to knee across the desk and the person frankly asked me is there anything else I should know about you before we make our final decision and I said yes actually the last thing you should know is you'll make a huge mistake if you don't hire me <laughs> You'll be making the biggest mistake of maybe your career. Or, I don't know, something drastic where it was just like, whoa. Yeah. It was not that kind of job, right? It was like a call center job or <laughs> something small scale. But the employer hired me. You know, afterwards I sat in my car and I was like, that was a little too direct maybe. Maybe it was a little offensive or made it seem like they were incompetent of hiring good people or whatever. But in those cases it was positive. But also we need to be careful, right, with what we say and how we say it um, because people are people. We all have feelings. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> That's a funny story. I like that. <laughs> I, I have like lots that. of those, yeah. <laughs> that was great. Um, I just, yeah, I'll, I have so many times where I'll, like, be replaying in my mind. I think my my a friend was over at my house, and I was actually, cause sometimes I'll, I'll get the hand motions in there because I'll just be in my hand. I'll be like, you know, replaying <laughs> in my mind. And she looked at me and she was like, what are you doing? I was like, uh, reenacting. Uh, I'm just, you know, reenacting a conversation I had. And she was like, that's weird. I was like, okay, my bad. But, we all do it, yeah. but in different ways. Yeah. I don't do the hand motions, but I definitely replay it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So no, I totally, I, yeah, I, I think everyone does that. And, and I do agree. I think you just have to, you have to be yourself, right? Absolutely. Um, and that's, that's key. You got to be yourself and. And take risks, mm-hmm. right? Kind of like you're saying with that job interview, you know, that's probably, a ri- you know, it could have gone both ways, oh, but it turned out. High risk, high reward, or mm-hmm. for me, I mean, sorry to cut you off. Oh, no, go ahead. It's kind of like a, a mantra or a theme I live by. You know, you you either win or you learn. Mm-hmm. So we're not going to win every time with whatever it is, a game, a conversation, uh, a job interview, whatever it is. Um, but if we don't get what we want, we learn. And we learn maybe why and 
and we try again, mm-hmm. right? That's the beauty of life is we get to try again. We get to interview again for a different job. We get to talk to a different girl if this one rejects us, right? <laughs> yeah. um, and so it's either we win or we learn. And so if we have that mentality about anything, what's stopping us? Really, ourselves. <laughs> Fear. And that's something that, again, is practiced and learned, and it's not innate in us because no one likes rejection. And so it's more than just being friendly. It's more than just talking to someone. It's just going for things. Just yeah. go for it. Yeah. So what was it like? Because you had mentioned when we were at this party, you talked about a experience you had and you were in college. Yes. Uh, you're obviously still in college, but right. with your roommate and you guys are like, let's just let's just go for it. <laughs> so what 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 spurred that? Obviously, it sounds like you kind sure. of live, it's a mantra you live by. But I want to I want to hear a little more of this story. Of course, I I'm full of stories. You know this. <laughs> uh, this one for me was a pivotal moment in my life. So I love sharing this story. And one of my best friends to this day, um, Ryan Smith, love that guy. He taught me something really important. And we were fresh off our missions. We had been home maybe three months each. And we were just having good old pillow talk. If you don't know what that is, it's late night talks with your best friends, right? Pillow to pillow, you're just talking it out. It's way too late at night, but that's when you're the most honest, right? And so that's perfect. And so we're sharing with one another, you know, a little bit of frustrations, a little bit of discouragements of where our life was and where we thought it should be and, you know, back to the dating thing, right? <laughs> maybe and that was thrown in there a couple times and maybe grades. I can't remember specifically why we were a little disappointed, but we were frustrated. And he looked at me, he said, you know what we need to do? I said, what? <laughs> he said, we need to do stuff that scares us. And I said, like what, fall in love? <laughs> because that's scary enough, right? But... I I asked, no, no, really, what what were you thinking? And he said, honestly, we just we just need to get outside our comfort zone, take risks, be be more bold, um, do things that we wouldn't normally do. Hmm. And I thought for a minute, I was like, well, give me some give me some examples. What do you mean? He said, apply for a job we feel underqualified for. Why why not apply? Yeah, and then you get it. What the, you know, it's, <laughs> that would be awesome. Or you see a beautiful girl in the corner, go talk to her. Why not? You know, it's, it, again, you win or you learn. And so for me, I, I was a little hesitant, though I'm an outgoing guy again. It's still scary to take risks because you don't know the outcome. Hmm. You just don't know. And so I was like, okay, sure. And he's like, you promise me? I was like, I don't know what I'm agreeing to, really, but I promise we'll take more risk. We'll go outside our comfort zone because there's no growth in the comfort zone. Mm-hmm. And and I agreed to it half-heartedly, but again, I promised my best friend, and and I think we shook on it or pinky swore, something <laughs> serious, of course. And so <laughs> literally the very next day, I think I was in class or I was walking outside of class. I get a phone call and he said, do you remember what you promised me last night? I said, yeah, of course I remember. And then I was hesitant. 
<laughs> then I was a little scared, and he said, oh, I have an opportunity for you. <laughs> and he is a film major, mm-hmm. and so he's he wants to be a director, and he's, he's very into film. And so one of his film classes, in walked in the casting director of the Book of Mormon films. And essentially, he was just kind of talking through the process of casting and finding good talent and all that goes into film. And then at the very end, he kind of put a little of a, a snippet for the Book of Mormon films. And then he said, we're actually looking for more talent, specifically background actors. And we would love for more auditions, more people to be part of them. But unfortunately, 90% of you wouldn't make the cut. <laughs> and looking in Rexburg, Idaho, everyone's blonde, blue eyes, <laughs> right. very fair. And, you know, the Book of Mormons of Native Americans, right, of ancient America. And obviously, that's not what was around at the time. <laughs> and so they want to make the film as, as close to real as possible. And so I I fit the criteria. <laughs> and so did my friend. He's, he's a good-looking tan, dark, handsome. Tall, dark, and handsome. And uh, the whole combination. The whole package. <laughs> That's probably why he's getting married in June. There you go. And so he uh, he calls me, he tells me this, and I was like, oh my gosh, like, go for it, man. He's like, no, no, we're going for it. <laughs> and so we auditioned and, and we got it. And we go. got to be part in it and participate. And it was one of the most spiritual experiences I've been a part of. And it was fun, it was exciting, and I learned a ton. Yeah. And I did it because I tried something new. Yeah. I'm not an actor, but it was so fun. Hmm. What was what what was that experience like, the Book of Mormon videos experience? Oh, what a loaded question. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you different segments depending on what we want to talk about. But for me, I mean, I I love the spiritual aspect. Um, that's just what I needed, especially at that time in my life for home from my mission a few months and you're looking for a purpose again you're kind of mm-hmm. looking for something to connect you back with your heavenly father and your savior and for me it really brought the scriptures to life literally and it really was a testimony to me that the book of mormon was real people with real lives and it wasn't just you know these sound almost like fairy tales are, are fabricated because they're so intense and such incredible stories, but they were human. Mm. And I I have a whole new testimony, a whole new perspective on the Book of Mormon because I was able to take the place of a real person that really lived <laughs> and try in some way reenact how they felt in a certain moment. And for me, that that was very humbling it's a huge responsibility because I, I consider these films to be sacred um, because it's it's a sacred book. Mm-hmm. But for me, it was cool to to take that place, take that persona or that character on and just feel the spirit testify to me that it's real. You know, it's it's all real. And a cool experience, a little side note of this was when we met Alma the Younger, right? The actor who who plays Alma the Younger. And he was the nicest guy. So <laughs> nice. And we got really close. And I'm a guy that asks lots of questions, as you know. 
And so I was just picking his brain, talking about his career, because he's an actor. And I wanted to know what his family was like. How do they support his job? It's not an easy job to have and and everything of that nature. And he's like, well, you know, he was flattered because who doesn't like to talk about themselves, right? right? right. Back to my main point. <laughs> but... And then he's like, you know, you know, I appreciate you asking and taking a sincere interest. Like it was more than just like fandom. I wasn't just his biggest fan, but yeah, I wanted yeah. to know him. Yeah. And he's like, you know what we should do? We should say a prayer. I was like, yes, I, was, <laughs> I love praying. <laughs> and so in the in the scene that I'm in, I don't know if I told you this at the party or not, but I'm with the sons of Mosiah and I'm a missionary or a traveler that goes with them. And so Alma the Younger and the sons of Mosiah and the missionaries all knelt down in a prayer. And in that prayer, Alma the Younger, I like to call him that because <laughs> it makes it more real for me, uh, prayed that the real sons of Mosiah could be with us. And that, you know, Alma the Younger could be with us. Hmm. That we could feel a special spirit as we perform the scene. And... I I promise you, it's hard to express. It's hard to really share what feelings feel like. Um, but it was a different feeling. And we felt the spirit. And it was tangible. And I was super grateful um, because he was close to the spirit to, to ask Heavenly Father's help on his work, right? That's the only way to do these things. And so... I have no doubt that these these films, though they're created by imperfect people with their ideas, right, their interpretations of what the scriptures should look like or whatever, um, but they're done with the Spirit. And I know that God's aware of these films, and I'm so grateful for that. And, you know, I I don't get upset, but I do get a little sad, at least, when people kind of bash on them. Not because I, I was an actor and I wasn't the greatest actor, but because what they're bashing on is essentially the recreation of, of Holy Scripture. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what we're doing is not watching acting and, and we're not watching, um, oh, what does Nephi look like? Rather, we're, we're trying to understand from a different perspective and visualize better who these people were how they really felt. And so I, I mean, for those that listen to this podcast, I challenge them to, to watch those videos again or like for the first time with a different outlook and try to put yourself in those positions of the real characters in the book of Mormon, because I'll tell you, it's, it's not easy. <laughs> um, but it's also eye opening because it's hard to picture Alma the younger as human or Ammon, or Aaron, or other characters in the scriptures. But for me, it it really just brought it to life, like I said. Hmm. Yeah. No, that's... The book of... I mean, scripture in general is hard to... Like, that's not an easy thing to make into a visual presentation, right? Quite the responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and and I mean, it's... (laughs) It's it's basically someone's journal, right? That exactly. you're taking and going, okay, let's make this visual. Let's make this let's make this st- story understandable for you know mass audience to mm-hmm. understand. So I thought they were 
I thought they were great. I, I remember watching them in the uh, MTC because uh, I don't remember which section. I think it was the second the second part because they did it in three seg- segments, correct? Mm-hmm. I was watching the second the second segment because um, they were coming out in the MTC, and man, that stuff was like. That was like candy in the MTC. I'll tell you what. in episodes. Yeah, you're going to like binge watching. Yeah, you're binging watching. You're like, okay, what is what did Alma do? Oh, wait, I already know. I read the book more. But, <laughs> but, but for everyone that's also listening, the book's better than the movie. So, <laughs> <laughs> No, agreed. But no, I, th- I thought they were incredible. I thought they were great. And and uh, did did you feel and, – and maybe this, this may be hard to, to describe, but did you feel like – the sentiments I were there yeah. watching. I think, I think the people on the other side are more a part of our lives than we, than we are aware of, that we know of. Um, and I think for that moment, there was a special spirit. It was more than just the Holy Ghost. I think, I think there were some angels with us. Um, I don't know who I can't say, but I definitely felt something different. And, you know, I can even tell you stories leading up to the filming that were little tender mercies, miracles that for me were evidences that God is aware and is really in the details of these things. He's in the details of everything, <laughs> um, but especially his work. When it's progressing his work and his glory, right, I I know his special attention to that. 100%, yeah. yeah. I, it's, it's, it's crazy what prayer can do, right? I mean... Like, just imagine if Alma the Younger hadn't been like, yeah, let's say a prayer, you know. And I, I think they'd like, you know, I think you're definitely right. I think those who have passed on are definitely more involved than we can know, right? Mm-hmm. But even saying the prayer just drew attention, you know, drew your mind, your spirit towards no- noticing that, you know, oh, wow, there could be, you know, they could actually be watching this. Why wouldn't they? They're, we're making a movie about them, right? right. So that's... Hmm. That must have been an awesome experience. I, I absolutely. I, I'm just grateful uh, to be a part of it. You know, it's nothing that I really did besides trying mm-hmm. and going for something that I felt underqualified for, which <laughs> I was, <laughs> and I still am. Um, but what's even and to me even more remarkable is that they asked me to come back. Mm. And that's why I'm growing out my hair again. Don't yeah. know if you noticed that, Elder. <laughs> hey, it looks good. It's a good look. <laughs> but they asked me to come back and, you know, for a new segment or a new chapter, they call it. And it's actually the best part of the book, right? Mm. When Jesus Christ comes to the Americas. There you go. And I can't wait. <laughs> you know, it's they asked me to be a witness character, which essentially is someone receiving the Savior when he comes again. And I want nothing more to be there in the real life for that moment. But also, I don't know how I'm going to act. I'm just going to blubber like a baby probably. And and that's probably what they want. Um, so it's one of those things that I, I take very seriously and, and sacredly. Um, it's a cool conversation piece, cool thing to share. But as you noticed that night, it wasn't the first thing I told you when mm-hmm. I met you. You know, it's not something I just openly like, hey, my name is Matthew. Do you want to know what I did last summer? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So it's something that I share with caution. Also select details, right? Um, because, oh, it's sacred, right? Yeah. It's, it's like a mission. It's a spiritual experience for yeah. you. Absolutely. And is there anything specific? Because I know, you know, on the mission, there's lots of things that 
the church or we as missionaries do to keep ourselves in a spiritual mindset in a in a place where we can feel like we can help bless other people's lives and in the process we're blessing our lives at the same time which mm-hmm. is great um but you know like you're saying the this experience the book of mormon videos it was kind of like an, another spiritual mission type experience what were, what what did you do and and maybe what what did i'm sure the cast and the group obviously mm-hmm. it sounds like you guys did did things to help be in that spiritual mindset and be in that place to really communicate the right message what what were some things that you did yeah besides prayer i i know a lot of um those that had main roles took a lot of time to prepare spiritually um you know, they shared some incredible stories with us because some of the actors from the Book of Mormon films were also actors in the Bible videos mm. that the church produced as well. And it was kind of interesting to hear stories from them because they told us, um, I don't even know his name, but the actor who portrayed Jesus Christ. And they told us a story that he stayed in character, even offset. And children that were part of the filming this probably children of crew members or other actors just would run to him and you know it's it was humbling to me because he took his role very seriously mm-hmm. and it was like a calling almost yes it was a job and yes it's just a it's just a visualization you know it's not um, we don't know exactly what the Savior looks like, everything like that. But um, it was just interesting that he took it so seriously that, you know, the only moments when he maybe was out of character was when he went to the trailer and, and had moments alone. But I'm sure he's praying his guts out um, because what a responsibility. Yeah. Um, other than those experiences, I, I know that they challenge us Um they periodically inform us of updates and things through email. And at the bottom of every email, they say, we challenge you to read the Book of Mormon. That, of course, if you don't now, to gain a witness so that when you're there for filming, it, it can be more real to you. Um, you know, everyone says that, right? It's nice to say, but those that actually did, you you know, had a bigger impact or a bigger influence in their experience. It was it was incredible for me because I, I took the challenge. Um, this time I need to get more seriously because now I know what it's like, especially this section that I will be in will be super, super humbling. Um, but yeah, reading the Book of Mormon, praying constantly, honestly, not just for yourself, but for your other crew members is huge because it's not just what's shown on screen. There's so many people that go into this with... The lighting, the hair and makeup costumes, the the actual director, the the filming, the cameras. The, I I'm just being very general with my terms, but thousands, thousands of people, and you know I'm just grateful that they allowed me. Right, like who am I to just step in and and I actually wasn't originally cast to be in like a quote unquote featured role. Um. I was just going to be a background actor, like, there I am in the back, that small little tree, (laughs) yeah, that's me. Um, It was actually last minute, the night before, they called us and they said, 
we, we'd like to give you a featured role. And we're like, what does that mean? They're like, more screen time. <laughs> <laughs> and we're like, we don't have lines, do we? No, 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 no lines. We just, you're going to, we're going to recognize your face when you see yourself, you know? I was like, oh, that sounds cool. nice. <laughs> I get to tell my mom that. Nice. Um, and so that was a blessing too. You know, I wouldn't have had other experiences if I didn't have that experience. And the Lord knows, you know, it's like a domino effect. It all fell into place. Yeah. But yeah, hopefully that answered your question. No, yeah. yeah. I, the whole experience, you know, it's just hearing your kind of playback of it and what you went through and how it touched your life. I, I don't think many people, you know, especially where you say when people criticize it, I, I don't think people realize the time and the effort and the sacrifice, the sacrifice that goes into it. Sure. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure those who are directing it probably are praying equally as hard to, you know, have the spirit to know, okay, who do we need to cast it here? Who do, who's, who's prepared to play this part? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you just can't go wrong when you have the Lord on your side. So, you know, like you said, no one's perfect and no project is perfect, but the book is as perfect as it's going to get. Oh, yeah. And, and so the project is, you know, needs to be taken in that same level. So it's incredible to hear you talk about it. Um, so Argentina. 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 <laughs> I don't know anything about it, but you know a lot about it. So tell me about sure. Argentina. So, for those that don't know, which I assume everyone, <laughs> uh, I'm Argentine. And that's how you say it, not Argentinian. Uh, Argentine. And I love Argentina. Um, so, my dad is Argentine. My mom is not. Um, but they, when they were first married, they moved to Argentina, lived there for seven years. Four of my siblings were born there. Um, then they moved back, and then my sister and I were born in the States. So I can say I can run for president. They they can't. Um, but in in all honesty, I I'm very grateful that I had the opportunity to serve in Argentina as a missionary. Uh, because before I, I I was like you, I didn't know much about it. I just knew my dad was Argentine. He was kind of a weird guy, but um, no, he he was a great great dad. Um, but. I didn't know much about the culture or the people or the food maybe. And when I got there, I was surprised of how comfortable I felt. And though everything was new, it felt so familiar. And with, I honestly believe everyone is entitled to their own feelings, but Latin culture is so welcoming and the Latin people are so loving. Mm. One of my favorite quotes is that, yes, you know, Latins, Latin people, Latin families will always show up late, but when they show up, they show up. And what that means is they're there for you. And they're not distracted. They're not focused on anything else but what they're at. And I saw that a lot in my mission, whether it's faithful members that came to church or, um, you know, people that were investigating investigated with their hearts they they really did they they truly you know when they had the right intentions they did it with all they could and so i i really loved learning that and i love learning more about my dad um like i said growing up with him 
Like, Latin culture is different. My mom's from Portland, Oregon. Blonde hair, blue eyes. Very different story, right? And then my dad, being Argentine, um, Spanish being his first language, and, and everything in between, right? It was so different. And my parents, oh, perfect, perfect pair. Like, honestly, I love them a lot. But I I wouldn't have expected it, you know, just so different. And so when I met Argentines and the way they spoke is very unique. I don't know if you know the differences, but in Spanish, every country speaks a little differently. Mm. But Argentina is probably the most different, <laughs> next to Spain probably. But we speak with cha, a lot of cha sounding. It's called castellano. And so, for example, if you were to say the street in, like, Mexico, la calle. The street in Argentina, la calle. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And so that was kind of fun, and I will never change that. You know, I'll never change my accent because I'm Argentine, right? Mm. And, you know, I work with Hispanics now, and I speak a lot of Spanish, and they make fun of me, and they think <laughs> it's the silliest thing, but for me, it's it's me. You know, mm. it's part of me. And, you know, my my three brothers, so I'm the youngest in my family of six, and three of my brothers went and served, and one Spain, one Peru, one Pennsylvania, and my dad was just praying that one of his kids would serve in Argentina. And the last one did it. And end of the line, but I made it. And, uh, sorry. Um, it was really cool because, uh, it connected me more to him. And in February, uh, he passed away. And a lot of people don't know that, but he definitely was one of my best friends, if not my best friend. And so having that in common will always be something sacred as well to me. And uh, I just, there's certain jokes that only Argentines say. And to be honest, they're very blunt people. Like they say it like it is. Yeah. There's no sugarcoating. And I love that. You know, being direct and honest and clear sometimes can be offensive, <laughs> but it's all done with love. And so I, I learned a lot, and I was grateful that they were so accepting to me. And, and to this day, I was actually on on Sunday, just a couple of days ago, we were able to reconnect with the family we taught and, and baptize on our mission, and and they just love us. You know, that's just them. You know, I don't know if I can just put it all in the category of Argentina, but uh, there's some good eggs over there. There's some good ones. Yeah. yeah. No, I, yeah, I'm, I, you know, I, sorry to hear about your dad. That Thank you. You know, I, I can imagine losing my, you know, my dad passing away. So to hear that, that I'm sorry to hear that. But, you know, if he, if he was anything like you, I think obviously he did an awesome job. You're, stand-up dude and and you have such a great love and personality and always looking to give back to others so um thank you other mccurdy yeah absolutely and yeah i i personally think the shah is a lot better than the uh the not shah in spanish so i kind of yeah i like (laughs) i like that i like that a lot so well you know i I always try to leave these podcasts with kind of a what we learned, you know, what did, what did we kind of learn? And, you know, I, 
you brought up a lot of good points and and you know we we just met I don't even know how long we talked maybe maybe 45 minutes 50 yeah, minutes it was a good talk you know when we were um at that party and it was a good talk it was super good and and like I said you had such a great personality about you and and I love the why not the why not attitude I think that's so important to remember why not do this why not do that um and uh and if people apply that it, it makes a big difference if people are genuine and apply that into their life it um it can change their life i think um so yeah do you have any any words of wisdom as we close this out wow um to be honest i you know i'm very good at giving advice maybe but taking it's another thing right and you know, I just, you know, just the last few things, just to kind of recap, I'm just grateful that I've learned in my life, but I'm still applying. You know, it's a day-by-day experience, and it's something that's, you know, I love to say it's taught and it's learned. It's not given. Um, but, you know, either <laughs> you win or you learn. And the next one is there's no growth in the comfort zone. Um why not? I love that. That's really cool. We should make t-shirts. Why not? <laughs> and, you know, everything has to do with perspective. I believe a lot of our trials that we face can be not just, you know, they're not going to go away, but they can be better handled with a different perspective. Mm-hmm. And... I unfortunately, right, I I have trials, so does everyone, and a lot of the time it's frustrating why we have certain ones we do, but God's not going to take them away. He may lessen them, lessen maybe the pain that we feel or whatever it may be, Um, but we have them for a reason. They're there, and what are we going to learn? And so I guess my last last token of advice uh, would be, with anything you face, you get what you put in. And so whether that's, you know, going for it, full throttle, whatever it is, your job, make it a career, make it something that you live for. If it's your mission, you get what you put in, right? In the sense of like, you can only serve a mission once, yeah. right? In this context, in this way, yes, you can serve with your spouse. Yes, you can be a <laughs> mission president etc but don't let those moments pass you when you can take advantage now so get what you put in get what you put in i love that (laughs) that's that's wonderful well thank you matthew for coming on and we we share the same name so that's yes i try to say i'm like matthew matthew that's a good name yeah (laughs) it means gift from god so you're welcome there you go you're you're welcome the world (laughs) so but yeah i appreciate it thanks for coming on thank you for having me We'll have to do this again. I'd love it.